Hey everyone, it's Michelle with Twin Flame Warriors, <laughs> or just Michelle, if you don't know me in that professional capacity. Um, I'm stopping by today to give the update. It is 2-2-2-2-2 today. It's February 2nd, 2022. We're two days out from Justin's surgery. Today is a lighter day on our schedule this week. He had his COVID test yesterday um, and the pre-pre-op Zoom which I mentioned in yesterday's update, like the text that I added to it, it was a bit of an overwhelming experience. Um, and I'll talk more about that in a minute, but I just wanted to say today was a pretty good day. It was quiet. We got to sleep in a little. Um, and then we had a chiropractic appointment. And part of that, I'm really thankful we did. It was an extra activity this week that we'd scheduled before we knew a lot of this was happening or what would be required. Um, but I'm glad we had it because of some of the things we learned about yesterday in that pre-pre-op appointment, which I, I kind of want to share and download with you because some of it was a real shock to me and Justin, even though we've been preparing for this probability of surgery for a couple months now, it really hit home yesterday when we were listening to the um, intake nurse explain everything that's going to happen on Friday, starting at 4.45 in the morning, and then... She explained everything continuing through, you know, going home for recovery. And it's pretty mind-blowing, I guess, that this can be done to the human body. Basically, you know, they open up Justin at the sternum and they pull his ribcage open. And he's on a heart-lung machine to keep his um, vitals going, you know, his nervous system alive and everything else. And he's on that heart-lung machine and they have him open for five or six hours. But before they even open him up... Um, this is the reason that I was so happy we had a chiropractic appointment today is that they push all the muscles of the torso of the body out of the way so that they can get through the sternum, obviously, and into the heart. This was something I hadn't considered. Despite my medical information wonkiness, I love learning about medical things. I often wished that I had been a doctor when I was younger. But um, all of that aside, this was kind of a shock to me because they talked about afterwards, you're the only challenge isn't the fact that your sternum has been broken apart and put together, you know, broken apart and put back together. And there are now plates in there and you have to heal and have all those plates there. But all these muscles now that were wrenched out of place for five or six hours while you were on the operating table have to be, um, they have to release and kind of find their way back to where they belong around your skeleton. And all of the um, connective tissues have to kind of ease back to where they to where they belong and there's a lot of pain and discomfort that comes with that that we hadn't anticipated in the back um you know there were other things she taught us about like for example the first 24 hours after justin is out of surgery and in the icu i'll only be able to see him for maybe 20 minutes at a time not sure how often that'll be i guess that surprised me i thought that um I don't know what I thought. I thought I'd be able to kind of be in the room with him. They instituted a one visitor per stay rule last week at um, the Providence St. Vincent Hospital that we're going to, which means that only one person can officially be signed up to see Justin the whole time that he's admitted to the hospital through this. So um, that was always going to be me. I have no problem with that, but I feel badly because some of his other um, support team members, family and friends can't um, come in and see him. But, um, you know, that was a little bit of a difficult pill to swallow yesterday on that call. Another thing that the nurse talked about yesterday during that session was the fact that a lot of people don't anticipate having a 
safe and comfortable place to sit, like in a common area when they come home. And what's interesting is we had, Justin had thought of this like last week and he said, you know, I don't, I think I'm going to be able to sit on the sofa in our family room when I get home. It's very low to the ground. It's this cheap Ikea sofa that we've been using for years because, well, it's expensive to buy something new, but also, um, you know, we didn't know what we wanted. And so when the nurse brought that up yesterday, we were really thankful. We'd sort of thought ahead to that and we ordered a new um, we had to order a new sofa. We we got what we could um, for as inexpensive as we could. And uh, I'll have to deal with receiving that on Friday because that's when it's supposed to be delivered so that it'll be here and set up when Justin arrives home. Get rid of the old one. These are the things that as a pretty healthy, young, busy, kind of active couple, we didn't even think about or even... Um, we've never considered having to accommodate somebody not being able to push themselves up from from a sofa to uh, to stand um, or getting in and out of a car, whether it's the appropriate height. Now, for and something that the nurse talked about yesterday that caught both of us a little by surprise is the food issues that follow with open heart surgery. She said that an awful lot of her patients can't tolerate foods that they used to love or food tastes completely different. Like it's very metallic and then they don't want to eat and they don't get enough calories to fuel the healing that needs to take place. All this massive trauma that that body has undergone needs extra calories. So she said on your way home um, from the procedure from the hospital, if you want to stop and get a milkshake, it's okay. Don't restrict yourself. We don't use the word diet. She was very supportive and helpful. Um, and you could tell that, you know, she was coming from a place of kindness and recognizing that some people who are in this situation might be might be suffering from lifelong struggles with obesity or, you know, food issues or that kind of thing. I really appreciated her doing that. But again, it was a surprise to me and Justin. And so that adjusted our expectations for how our next two to three months are going to look um, with food and you know, how that might work. And they encourage a lot of walking. But for example, when he's going up the stairs, and we have two sets of stairs in our very narrow little townhouse, um, these stairs, he's not going to be able to use the rails. He can trail his fingers on it, but he's got to be very careful and go up one step at a time. And she said, when you're first back from the procedure, that might be really hard to do. And you're going to have to go slow, take your time. You're going to have a hard time breathing. She said, if you think that you have been suffering from uh, shortness of breath now, it is going to be worse. It's going to be at least as bad and probably worse for a few weeks following surgery because the lungs are one of the primary organs that are affected by HCM. Um, you know, HCM causes a backflow of blood uh, that creates like fluid filling up the the lungs and they it, the lungs tend to get a little bit stiff and compacted um, and with fluid in them when you have HCM for a long time. And so Justin's lungs have been impacted that way. And she said it's going to take time for them to stretch out and open up. And when they're drained after the surgery and, and able to um, open up again, you'll be able to breathe more. She said, but everything's going to be in super slow time until until that happens until that level of healing happens. So um, I don't know what I went into yesterday expecting. I guess I didn't expect as much like challenging information to come at me, but I feel a lot better about it today. It took me overnight to process it and um, kind of reassure myself that this is 
you know, all part of the process. It's all going to be okay. Um, everything's going to be fine. So uh, I woke up this morning feeling a lot better. And just as a side note, also today from my own doctor, I received a diagnosis of um, adenomyosis, which is a problem with the uterine muscle. And I am of that age where I'm going through perimenopause. Menopause is going to be happening to me over the next couple of years. And I've been struggling with these problems. And I just laughed because the doctor sends me this email that says, you know, adenomyosis, you need to see a surgeon about having a, a you know, potential hysterectomy. And I was just like, not today. <laughs> <laughs> Not today. We'll worry about this, you know, when it comes up in the proper order of things. So I've taken up plenty of time. I'm sorry for the length of the um, the update, but I just kind of wanted to, again, share that information. Say thank you to everybody who's reaching out to us, texting us, calling us, emailing us, um, calling my mom and asking about us. Thank you. Um, we appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. Your prayers are the most important thing. Your positive thoughts for Justin's healing are the most important thing to us. If you are able to, we would be hugely appreciative if you could donate to one of our fundraisers. We're only targeting raising, well, only, we're targeting raising $15,000, but we do have a couple different touch points available for if you're able to give. Absolutely no pressure. We thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Um, I'll be back, I'm sure, uh, in the next couple of days. I know Justin probably will want to record, um, you know, a short update before he heads into the hospital. So I'll post that as soon as I can. Again, thank you all very much. Love our community, love our family, love our friends, both near and far in 3D and 5D. Bye.